From coast to coast and around the world, this is Kaleidoscope, America's most exciting radio magazine. Stay tuned for more. Welcome to Facts and Figures City Watch on the air. That is FFC for those of you who are un uninitiated, and I know there aren't that many of you out there. We have an exciting guest for you, somebody who can speak with you, I think, especially if you're worried about how you're possibly going to save some money in the middle of running a business or keeping your career going. And we'll do that right after this. sits there looking like a candy bar in a nice orange wrapper, right? Reese's Nutrageous. Then you take a bite and it blows your eyeballs to Pluto, kicks your ribs to the roof of your mouth, pounds your taste buds into a simpering puddle of pulp and leaves you for dead. Want one, don't ya? Reese's Nutrageous, so loaded. You don't eat it, you survive it. City Watch on the Air is heard each week to a local and worldwide audience. Exactly what a business like yours needs to attract customers to your product or service. And we can create and air a 30-second commercial for your business in one week for as little as $100. If you don't believe us, call us at 866-708-7189. 866-708-7189. Hello and welcome back. We are with... Nikki Michelini, Michelini, I don't want to get that right, <laughs> of Asperian. And one of the things she does and one of the reasons why she's here is because she advises people on money matters, especially people who are both in an entrepreneurial trade and who are also, you know, working or climbing the ladder on a mid-level or upper uh, executive uh, situation. So we thank you uh, very much, Nikki, for being with us uh, on CityWatch. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I also should mention that she is a Barron's Top Women Advisor of the Year for 2014. So that's uh, very, uh, very interesting in that you've managed to do all that and still keep your regular practice going, which is not the easiest thing to do, yes? Well, thank you. As advisors, we're pulled in so many different directions, right? Um, and I think all of us can relate to this notion as human beings trying to balance all different aspects of our lives. Mm -hmm. So um, it's obviously a, a great honor to, to be recognized in that way. And um, quite frankly, even bigger honor to, to be able to work with the families I work with. That's mm -hmm. really what uh, gets me up in the morning. I should also mention that she has a master's in taxation, which 
it would be a boon to anybody, <laughs> I think, especially with the, with the tax structure in the country as it is right now and the fact that it's been revised again. Uh, tell me a little bit about how you became involved uh, in doing this sort of thing and especially working with, with people on an individual as well as, well as a corporate uh, basis. I know a lot of uh, advisors work with companies and corporations, mm -hmm. but you work also with individuals. Absolutely. It's a funny thing. It actually all goes back to high school, believe it or not. Um, I, for, from the time I was three years old, I was a dancer and wanted to be a dancer. And the arts were very much a big thing for me. But I'm pretty equally balanced, left brain, right brain. And I took this bookkeeping class in high school. And the logic really clicked with me. I loved the linear aspects of everything needs to balance and everything's in order. So uh, that really appealed to me. And, and while I have this artistic side, I thought I need to be able to earn a living. Mm -hmm. And at my ripe age of 16 or whatever the case may be, I'm flipping through the classifieds. What, what are the jobs that are out there? And I saw CPA, CPA, CPA. So I thought, okay, I like accounting. And there seems to be good uh, job opportunities, so I'm going to go do this. So I majored in accounting. I went to University of Southern California, fight on. <laughs> and uh, there, I, my eyes were opened a little bit to what accounting actually is, and most of my colleagues were there to go into audit. So the, the accounting uh, degree, if you will, is very audit focused, which is working with big corporations. And I thought, well, that's not really what I want to do. Um, and you're asking questions uh, versus being an advocate for your client. Mm -hmm. um, it, it serves a very necessary purpose, but I realized it wasn't in alignment with what I wanted to do, which was to help individuals. And uh, therefore, I, I decided after finishing my degree in accounting to get a master's in tax. Um, and, and I knew from a very early time that I wanted to focus on individuals families as opposed to large corporations. So I was fortunate enough to um, start out at Coopers and Library, which then became uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers, in their personal financial services practice. So really focused on um, families, entrepreneurs, business owners, uh, etc. And I found joy in that because the human connection piece of it is really in important. The numbers are the numbers, but what makes it all come alive are the people behind them. That's what I'm thinking our listeners are, are paying attention to because it's very hard. A lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs. People are either starting businesses or considering starting businesses or trying to keep their businesses going, which as you know in the last 10 years has not been the easiest thing to do. Uh, they're concerned now, I think, if they're at a successful, successful part of their lives uh, with how to provide for themselves, how to provide for their families, and in some cases how to provide for their employees, how to put together a an investment program that works for as many people as possible. Sure. And they're trying to do that with the same dollar <laughs> that they're paying everything else with. What's the first thing that you advise somebody who's thinking about doing this sort of thing uh, to do? Well, first thing, saving is, is not something that we're usually taught to do. Um, and so it can be very difficult. I know when I came out of college, um, the whole notion of contributing to a 401k, for example, I'm like, I don't know, I'm only making X amount and I don't know that I have money to put into that. So the first step is being willing to commit to something. And uh, obviously, depending on your personal facts and circumstances, there are many different avenues. But a, a committed plan around saving, especially if you're first starting out, whether it be, <coughs> excuse me, through an employee offered plan, or if it's um, an individual uh, retirement account, as an example. 
those are very tax efficient ways for people starting out to start a savings program. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that uh, we talk to uh, people about is the ability to save. And there are people who are quote called millennials who have trouble or have a, what do I want to say, kind of a block towards savings. They, they see what happened to their parents and they're saying to themselves, well, anything I save isn't going to be enough anyway, so why worry about it? Then later on they're really in trouble because they haven't saved anything. Do you talk to them and say, look, whatever you can save is better than nothing? Or do you, do you have an idea of, you know, start saving $5 a week or start saving $10 a week or that sort of thing? Well, one of the key things that we do um, to provide context um, to whether it's a, a millennial or, or somebody who's 55 years old and contemplating retirement and can I retire, is to look at what they need to live on. So fundamentally, we all want to make sure that we have a, a roof over our head and food to eat and clothes to wear. And so if you just ba focus on the most fundamental, what do you need to live, and there is a way to quantify that. And then we run out an analysis that says, if this is what you need and how long is your life expectancy, how much would you need today in present dollars or how much would you need to save over a period of time in order to be able to support your basic needs? And obviously people fall into different categories of where they are in their life financially. Some are just starting out. Um, others have um, set aside a nice nest egg, but they're still concerned, do I have enough? And, and so I find rather than talking about um, investment concepts and, and rates of return and those types of things, if you can break it down into what is it that you need to take care of your lifestyle, um, it helps frame the picture. Okay, I know I'm, I'm going to need half a million dollars or two million dollars over my lifetime or whatever that number may be to support my lifestyle. Once you see the number and you can equate it back to something in life, then you say, okay, well, gosh, there's something that I need to do here, and do I have that money? And if I don't have that money, what's the, the plan for actually getting there? It can be a real impetus to, to getting people to, to be willing to have that conversation and then to take action. Mm -hmm. Now, once you have them structured in the idea of this is what I have to do and, and I'm going to make sure that I sock away whatever I need to sock away on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, how do you get them to stick to that? Because being a business person myself, I know that you can have five or six plans, all of them revised at any given moment for any given reason. How do you get through the revision and keep that basic structure intact? Well, life is fluid. So it's a small right? question, sorry about that. <laughs> We're saving the world's problems here. Yeah, yeah. So. It's, look, life changes and your goals change and, and portfolios will change and your investment strategy over time will change. But usually th these aren't fundamental shifts and if you can keep your eye on the prize and what it, what it is that you want, um, I, I find that having an advisor, working with an advisor, really helps. Um, it helps with accountability, it, it helps with keeping you on track and being able to weigh the, the various options that are available. Well, should I invest more in my business or should I put more into the retirement savings plan or whatever the case may be. Um, having a qualified professional to help you work through these decisions, um, in my experience, is really valuable. There, we work with a lot of very successful um, entrepreneurs, executives, and they're very good at what they do, running their business and whatnot, but it doesn't necessarily translate into being able to manage all aspects of their financial affairs. Mm -hmm. um, so 
having somebody that you can go to that you trust, can rely on. Um, we're a big fan, obviously, of uh, fee-for-service providers, and so, uh, or fee, another word to put it, uh, way to put it is fee-only fee, fee -only advisors, independent mm -hmm. advisors, those that are completely transparent about their fees. Mm -hmm. At Experient, we act as a fiduciary for our clients. Um, and what that means is we have to put our clients' interests ahead of our own. Um, we disclose how we get compensated for the services that we're providing. Um, in my humble opinion, I think it's important to have an advisor that is sitting on the same side of the table with you and is transparent around those things so that you know that they really have your best interest at stake as opposed to, well, I'm going to make more money if I put XYZ in your portfolio. And you know, I, I don't know how much um, investors are really looking at that distinction. But that, that's helpful, to, to have an advisor help you work through those important um, decisions. Mm -hmm. Well, as always with anything that uh, is truly interesting and I'd love to, like to spend more time on, I, I'm, I'm running low on time, but let me ask you just quickly, uh, as a person who's involved in uh, working with entrepreneurs and with people who want to start to save for their uh, employees' retirement as well as their own, uh, give me the, the 30 second uh, explanation as to how they might approach that uh, for the company. How would they get their employees involved in this kind of program? Well, some companies have a, a, um, a mandatory, you can't do a mandatory participation, but they do an automatic sign up. And so employees have to opt out of contributions to the 401k. Um, so that's one mechanism. I'd also say another is uh, employer matching. So to the extent that they can afford to match up to some dollar amount any employee contributions, that's another big motivator to, to get employees to participate. Mm. Well, again, I thank you so much. One of the things we try and do is bring you something and someone who will be uh, helpful to you. I hope she was. She certainly helped me a little bit. Uh, I'm going to let her tell you her name and the company because I think I probably messed this up twice. Go ahead. Not a problem. My name is Nikki Michelini and I'm with Asperient. Thank you, Nikki Michelini. So I almost messed it up again with Asperient. I thank you so much for being with us on CityWide. Thank you for having me. Remember, you guys believe in yourselves. If you don't, no one else will. And we will see you next time.